Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 51 here on What About Therapy. I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy. And I'm Unique Fossum, and I am a certified mindfulness life coach. Wait a second. Wait. No, I'm Unique Fossum. I'm certified uh, mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy. But at least we're both going to school. Got it. Family and marriage and family therapists in Arizona, no, Utah. Um, And today we're going to be talking about perfectionism. Let's get right into it. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that really imperfect intro. It's perfect ironically perfect way to talk and have a discussion about <laughs> perfectionism and it's going to be kind of a loose um i don't know a loose structured conversation about the topic but we're going to be pulling from a paper that yours truly wrote what? austin wrote i Crazy. i'm taking english this semester advanced english and i had to write a research paper on a chosen topic and i chose to do perfectionism and so i wrote a 12 page paper on perfectionism and its impact on mental health and i'm actually well we're going to be linking in the description so if you want to read it yourself you can Heck please yeah. do not feel obligated to do so <laughs> it's really long and it's a it's a college paper so i had to fit those 12 pages and so it can be kind of um hard to read at some points because i needed to, i need to fill out 12 pages <laughs> excuse me that was imperfect <laughs> i needed to fill out 12 pages to get the credit um hopefully my professor isn't listening to this it's a good paper brad it's a really good paper (laughs) come on brad i recommend it i read it um but yeah we're just gonna have a discussion on perfectionism and its impact on mental health hence the name of the paper that i wrote and uh there goes my phone anywho uh i guess to to start off the discussion what we wanted to do at least what i wanted to do is to define what i mean by perfectionism in this paper Mm -hmm. and like what i was going for when i was writing the paper and finding that linked to mental health outcomes. And I guess broadly, generally what I mean when I say perfectionism and what I mean when I wrote this paper is the over concern, the overly concerned thoughts that a person has towards their mistakes or towards the, the small parts, the small and simple things in their life or being overly concerned with, um, I don't know. I guess the best way to describe it, I already said it, is being overly concerned with mistakes and being overly concerned with your self-image. Yeah, like to the point where it causes you distress. Exactly. Distress or some type of um, dysfunction in your life. And that's, I guess that's what defines any type of abnormal psychological state is some type of distress or deviance or dysfunction, something like that. And so one thing that I really wanted to point out here is that probably a lot of people listening have some type of perfectionistic tendency or oh, yeah. have felt that yeah. at some point. I even mentioned that in the paper. I think in the first paragraph, I I talk about how everyone at some point has more than likely felt some type of perfectionistic drive or perfectionistic desire towards something. I mentioned like a perfect GPA or like a good GPA in high school or a really good ACT score in high school. I mean, if you play sports... Like a, if you if you play baseball, you probably sought after some type of really good batting average or have like a perfect game if you're pitching, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very healthy. I don't want to say very healthy, but normal. How about that? To very normal tendencies, yeah. very yeah. common tendencies to have very uh, high achievements mm-hmm. and to avoid failure, to avoid mistakes. Um, but like Enoch said, the discussion of this paper and the discussion of this podcast is where those tendencies, when taken too far, take our mental state. 
and what those negative impacts can be specifically with specific disorders and other negative mental health outcomes. So I guess that's what we mean by what we're going to have by having a discussion on perfectionism. Yeah. And side note, there's going to be two noises in the background you might hear. One, thunder. There's a big storm going on outside. Two, maybe Zuko, Zuko. <laughs> the firebender eating his treat. It's so loud, and he doesn't even know we're talking about it right now. He chews very He's loudly. He's just going at it. He's just chilling. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's perfect for a perfectionistic episode. Yeah, we're gonna not really... gonna care about noises, man. Yeah, we're not just, gonna be perfect. Just yeah. Turn up your volume and see if you can hear the hear the noises. How about that? Do it. Yeah, listen for them. Find those imperfections. The please. ASMR chewing. Zuko chewing. ASMR. The Thunder awesome. ASMR. <laughs> oh boy. Bonus content. Now we're gonna be talking. <laughs> okay, I can't do that. Um, but I think you'll be surprised <laughs> as far as the how many, I guess, mental health issues are caused by perfectionism, and vice versa. Really, I mean, there mm -hmm. are some mental health disorders that can cause perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like Austin was saying earlier, we all have perfectionistic traits, just like we all have traits of anxiety, traits of depression. Doesn't mean you are depressed or feeling depressed. Doesn't mean you're feeling anxious. I guess it doesn't mean you have, you're diagnosed with uh, clinical depression. Yeah. Like there's, you know, or major, yeah. uh, anxiety, whatever it is. We all feel certain things at certain times and that's totally normal. Same thing with perfection. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you need to be perfect at your job some days, doesn't mean you're a perfectionist. I know a lot of people say, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, man. I have to get this right. Like, okay, you have a perfectionistic trait around mm -hmm. that specific thing. Doesn't mean you're a perfectionist. Yeah. But I get what they mean. I mean, I say that, I say that too. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people will say like, I have OCD. Like, no, you have, yeah. you have an obsessive or an obsessive compulsive trait or an obsessive compulsive, um, tendency towards this thing or proclivity towards that thing. Um, yeah. cause I don't think people fully understand and it's not anyone's fault, but, right. um, yeah. they just don't understand the clinical diagnosis of certain types of traits. Like, oh, this person's a narcissist. No, oh, no, they just have narcissistic tendencies. Like, right. Just like everyone else does. Yeah. I think it's just easier to say rather than saying, Oh, brother, I have a a tendency to be anxious around this moment. <laughs> no one says it's not as funny to say I have a tendency towards obsessive compulsions in my cleaning in my house. Like, no, I'm so OCD when I clean my house. I am like, which, so OCD. Which one sounds better? <laughs> <laughs> the second um, one. Definitely. So, like, we're going to have a discussion about these things, and a lot of you might, as always, you might see yourself in some of this discussion, and you might have clinical perfectionism, you might have toxic perfectionism, and if you do... We're going to talk about what to do about it as well. But for the most the vast majority of people listening, and I know for us as well, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. I've seen myself in a lot of these outcomes with perfectionism. And I know people that have also had some of these outcomes with their perfectionism. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you need to get professional help for it. And I, right. we're never going to turn that down. But um, just because you have tendencies doesn't mean you're like sick or broken. So that's our disclaimer we always have with discussions. But... I guess we can get right into it. Um, there, like Enoch said, there's a number of negative outcomes that are linked to perfectionism. And um, I'll clarify by saying clinical perfectionism and like perfectionism taken a step too far. Among these are generalized anxiety disorder and just overall higher levels of anxiety. 
um, in the paper, I talk about pathological worry and it's linked to generalized anxiety disorder and clinical depression and how that is linked to perfectionism. Um, overall, low self-esteem, clinical depression, as I said earlier, um, there's a huge link to eating disorders, and we'll talk about that a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but there's a very, uh, there's no causal link, of course, but there's a, there's a very high correlation between eating disorders and perfectionist, perfectionistic tendencies, as well as bipolar disorders, obsessive compulsive disorder, narcissistic, and borderline personality disorder. And I'm, I think there was a lot more, too, that I didn't add into this paper. But I thought that was long yeah. enough to write a 12-page paper, so I stopped there. Right. You said the list goes on yeah, in I, your paper. Yeah, I did write that. I paper. read it. Brad. <laughs> Brad Foster. <laughs> <laughs> I should send this link, link to this podcast to him. Yeah. He'll give me extra credit. Put it in references. Let's start at the at the top there with the high levels of anxiety and what yeah. that looks like. Yeah, um, there's a really great study um, by, well, I guess it's more of a, it's a meta-analysis, so it wasn't one study, so it was a, it was a group of people studying other studies. Yeah, a That's study a, of studies. Yeah, it's an analysis, a meta-analysis, meta meaning, like, a lot. I think that's the word for that, analysis meaning they studied a lot of different studies and found links. Let's go and, with it. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, um, they found, a, I think it was 11 longitudinal studies of perfectionism and anxiety symptoms done by Martin M. Smith and his associates. This was in 2017. And they found that perfectionistic concerns, such as being overly concerned with mistakes, led to increased overall levels of anxiety. And so if you find, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, but like I just said, if you feel find yourself being overly concerned with your mistakes or the things that you do that you perceive as wrong, the chances of you developing anxiety disorder or developing overall heightened levels of anxiety are much higher much, much higher. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like on top of that, a person I'm, I'm reading straight from the paper here as well. A person that has high doubts about their actions and is highly concerned with making mistakes or even just perceived, mis perceived mistakes that they make tend to have lower self-esteem and self-confidence. And so this decrease in self-confidence was also found to be a trigger for increased anxiety in performance-based situations, such as like jobs, sports, public speaking, things like that. And so all these things have a domino effect that kind of stem from just a simple perfectionistic attitude towards life and which leads to higher anxiety levels, which leads to lower self-esteem, which leads to performance anxiety, which leads to probably, um, why well, I, I talk about this in the paper that all those things link up to, um, depression as well. And so you can kind of see the link there that, um, like when Enoch was talking about earlier that, perfectionism causes anxiety disorders and we'll talk a little bit later how certain disorders cause perfectionism maybe maybe we'll get in a discussion about that but this is very clear here at the first part of this paper that if you do have tendencies or lean towards perfectionistic thinking perfectionistic attitudes or you're really concerned about the mistakes that you make in your life or the things that you do that you perceive as mistakes it's very likely that because of that you will develop a long-term anxiety disorder which will cause its own set of issues that bleed mm -hmm. into other aspects of your life. And um, I, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that in people that I know, and that's it can be really damaging for some people and really harmful to their life. Yeah. So what's the moral of the story? Elsa got it right. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Don't worry about that stuff anymore. Let it go. <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, don't, um, don't allow yourself to... Um, 
that, that's so easy to say, but that's right. kind of where it starts, you know, yeah, but don't yeah, allow yourself exactly. to become overly, um, I don't know. I love the, we've talked about this before, but the cliche of, um, it's not that deep. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think it's about it all deep. the time. You know, if you make a mistake and especially at work, I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. At least I know I can. If you do something and it, it's wrong, um, it's really not that deep. It's going to get fixed. It's not going to be the end of your world. It's right. not going to be the end of someone else's world. It's I'm going to get fired. Exactly. And um, I guess you could if it's maybe. a big deal, but most of the time it's not. But even then, worrying about that is only going to make things worse. And again, that's so simply put and so... I don't know, that's not super helpful to just say that, but um, we've talked about this before, but it's the anxiety itself is not the problem. It's the reaction to the anxiety mm -hmm. that's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's not the perfectionism necessarily that is the problem. It's the reaction to and the, I don't know, the feeding of the perfectionism. Because for some people, and I even talk about this in the paper, that there's a there was a twin study done. I don't know. I don't want to go through and find it, but I believe I might not have cited it in the paper, like in the final draft. I think I might've had it in an initial draft, but there was a study done. I think it was in 2014. I can't remember exactly the, the year that found that there was a very high link, um, a perfectionism in an identical twins. That mm. if one person, if one twin has perfectionistic tendencies or perfectionistic attitudes, it's, I can't remember the concordance rate, what percentage of it is, but it was really high that it, the other identical twin is very likely to develop perfectionism. So some people are just born with it. There's a very, I guess the point of me bringing that up is there is a heightened level of biological or genetic predisposition to yeah. feelings and thoughts of perfectionism. And I guess you could link that with inborn tendencies of, of temperament and personality. Sure. We had a whole discussion about that a couple episodes ago yeah. about personality. So some people come out of the womb and they grow up with just more proclivity towards perfectionism. And um, that can be hard to fight, like the kind of the traditional CBT approach. Right. But like Enoch was saying, you can be like Elsa a little bit more <laughs> and learn how to accept it, live yeah. with it, to grow with it, to allow it yep. be a part of yourself without it taking control of your life. And that's a, whole that's a whole discussion at the end of the paper, but especially with anxiety, because perfectionism and anxiety, that's... Uh, that's like kerosene or gasoline on a fire. You know, mm -hmm. th those two feed into each other so much. And I mean, so does depression. We're going to talk about that's the next section of the paper, but that's quite the negative feedback loop. You're, you've overly concerned with the mistakes, so you get anxious. And so you become more aware of your mistakes, so you become more anxious. And so you become more aware of your mistakes and you become more anxious. And you can kind of see the, the circular loop there with that, that if you allow yourself to or allow your perfectionism to take, take control of your life, the perfectionism is going to get stronger and the anxiety is going to get stronger. So you got to insert, insert your foot in the door somewhere to stop that cycle. So I think it really just comes down to accepting the fact that you're broken, like we talked about last time. Mm -hmm. Emotional resilience. Absolutely. You are the little china cup, you little broken piece, you. <laughs> but you're glued together with this gold. And so just... Again, yeah, this isn't an episode about anxiety or emotional resilience, but... It is an episode is on it, how that's linked to your perfectionism. Perfectionism, that exactly. You're never going to be the perfect china cup in the china cabinet. You will have yep. cracks, and you will have pieces missing. But yep. those cracks, I mean, reference for our last episode, again, those cracks can be filled with gold. Yep. And that's... You can go back to listen to the last episode, what we, what we mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll see that these... 
negative mental health impacts all kind of build on each other. So you have anxiety, and then if you aren't able to, I guess, accept that to overcome your anxiety to be able to move on, then you'll have then you'll start feeling a lower sense of self-esteem because you're not able to ever achieve what you're trying to achieve because it's impossible because you're reaching for a a perfect goal that's simply just not possible yeah like you again i do want to point out that for a lot of people this is an inborn trait perfectionism is is that's how people are some people um and so there's nothing wrong with that but allowing that to become so rampant in your life to the point where you're setting goals so far away like let's say you're you have a a like a bookshelf that's 12 feet high and you don't have a ladder you're putting books on the 12th on the 12th foot of that bookshelf like i'm gonna get that book down from there even though you're not 12 feet tall how do you get up there exactly yeah i'm I'm gonna get up there and i'm I'm gonna it's gonna be perfect and it's i'm gonna get the book down i'm gonna read it um when you have a bunch of other empty bookshelves that you can that are perfectly within your grasp and there's nothing wrong with putting it on that bookshelf um but setting these unrealistic goals for yourself is this a recipe for disaster it's a it's setting yourself up for failure right. that's kind of the definition of perfectionism is setting the goal too high putting the book too high on the bookshelf that you'll never be able to reach it and um it's a negative feedback loop i guess yeah. that we were just talking about yep setting the bar high not hitting it setting the bar high again not hitting it and that process happening over and over again so no wonder you're gonna have low Mm self-esteem you're not achieving anything you set out to do in your life because those things are unachievable because they're not (laughs) achievable and so if you just bring the bar down a little bit realize okay i i'm probably not gonna ever hit this goal like i wanted to play in the nfl man like every sixth grader who starts football you know i'm gonna be in the nfl and I mean, hate to break it to myself, I'm not in the NFL right now. Neither am I. I'm not going to be. But that was a goal. And we'll talk about this later, but that affected my mental health when I wasn't living up to what I thought I could. Or at least should. Or yeah, your perceived um image of yourself and yeah. what you thought you should be. Right. Um kind of should on yourself. Just like should all over do. yourself. <laughs> um I guess the, in the last maybe a little bit of discussion about anxiety is that um, in another stu- a study done in 2014 that um, there was a huge link between perfectionism and pathological worry, as the study calls it, and that um, this was another meta-analysis. No, this was just a study by itself. They took 42 people that they knew based off of a, I think it was just a, an inventory or they had been referred to by therapists or something like that. But they knew that they had heightened levels of a perfectionistic traits and they wanted to mm-hmm. study them and they found that um these people um that heightened levels the heightened levels of person perfectionistic traits they um they found that they i'm just gonna read the direct quote from the from the paper it said that the researchers found that both concerns over mistakes and clinical perfectionism were significantly related to pathological worry after depression was controlled which provides support for such relationships between real and not just due to the relationship between perfectionism and depression. And just continuing to read from the paper that I wrote, this clearly shows that people who tend to strive for perfectionism and, this overly, and thus overly concern themselves with their own mistakes put themselves at risk for pathological worry, which opens the door for clinical depression. Mm-hmm. And I guess that kind of takes us into the next section, next session, but that 
that study does a really good job of illuminating the fact that if you are overly concerned with your mistakes and the things that you're doing, like quote unquote wrong, yeah, you're going to have low self-esteem, but you're also going to be worried about other things going wrong. You're going to set really high bars for other people in your life. You're going to set the bar high for your spouse or for your kids, for your parents, for your job. And you're going to be worried about things going wrong all the time. And of course, that's going to cause anxiety. But the more and more they go wrong, based off of your perceived level of, I don't know, your perceived bar that you set for that, of course, you're going to get a little bit of depression with that too. A, lot of, a little bit. A lot of depression. A lot of it. Um, um, a whole lot of it. And that's something that a lot of research has been done to find a, a pretty strong link between depression as well and perfectionism. Yeah. So you see how all these just really build on top of each other and you can have, I mean, all of these really in like a really bad case, you can have every single one of these that we're talking about Mm -hmm. at the same time. Absolutely. All because of what? Perfectionism. It's kind of the the root cause if you want to, if you want to call it that. And I don't really believe in root causes for, for mental health issues because I never think there's, we've had a whole episode about biopsychosocial model of psychology or of mental illnesses. It's kind of hard to ever find one, like you have all these things because you're a perfectionist. It's hard to say that, but there's a lot of evidence here that if, if you have all these issues, it could stem from a, a perfectionistic personality, perfectionistic attitude that you've had since childhood. Yeah. And I mean, if you're born with more perfectionistic traits and then on top of that, throw you into a family who deals with the same things, who are perfectionists, it's over, man. Mm-hmm. Like... Okay, not like literally. Like you can, you <laughs> can, never you can overcome that. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'm just saying that you you might really struggle with perfection, professional tendencies, profession, pr- <laughs> perfectionistic <laughs> tendencies. Man, typing that every other every other <laughs> sentence was oh, so. Oh, dude, I, I feel I, bad for you. I that, know how to honestly. I did, I didn't know how to spell tendencies before very well, but man, do I know how to spell tendencies yeah. now. <laughs> tendencies and perfectionistic perfectionism. Uh, wow. perfectionistic yeah. perfectionism yeah. I'm, I'm so good at spelling yeah. perfectionism no thanks <laughs> but yeah anyway. I, I see where you're coming from yeah like if you have the both proclivity towards it predis- like the predisposition whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. on top of a family that models it and reinforces it with their behaviors that's that's going to be tough to overcome and of course you're going to see things in your life like this and um i guess even just quoting some of the the material from this paper um study done by melrose at all Merrill's and associates and I using at all in papers. It is, I know it's Latin for something, but I hate writing it out. It seems so stupid. Um, but this, this one actually is just by a gentleman. I think it was a man. I can't remember. Melrose in 2011. A person. Um, they, he found that striving for excellence and, uh, appropriately achieving goals, of course, had positive links to mental health, but, um, it also had a very negative impact on people and that, um, when people endeavor towards excellence and they they strive towards it, that becomes kind of their personality. That's he's talking about the model behavior of it. That the more they seek for it, the more it'll be reinforced. And so the more the more they seek after perfection and they like, quote unquote achieve what they think is perfection, the more it will be in, reinforced. And so the worse it will get. Hmm. Yeah. And as it becomes worse and worse, and the perfectionism becomes heightened even more, more and more the more likely you are to become let down. And I said a quote that I was going to read. Um, so yeah, right here, the author says that the pathways where any one of these dimensions of perfectionism can heighten individuals for vulnerability to depression becomes clear when we consider the magnitude of dis- dissatisfaction they live with every single day. 
that's kind of the discussion we were just having that depression is linked to perfectionism because of the dissatisfaction they feel from not achieving their right. really high goals and always failing in their own eyes. If if you don't deal with perfectionism, if you don't know anyone who does, just imagine constantly feeling a feeling of failure in mm. your life because you you think that you're failing in your daily I don't know, your daily goals, your daily requirements, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, that'd be a hard life to live, and right. it's no wonder that a person could become de- de- depressed. Over I having, would be. Yeah, that'd be hard to live your yeah. life always thinking that you were never living up to what right. you to you want to what you want to be or to what you should be. Yeah, and I mean, if you think of our society and you think of the biopsychosocial model, in the the land of the free, home of the brave, here in America, I think we are a very goal oriented culture country because the american dream man you can achieve whatever you want right and sure that can be true but that's also i mean that can be unhelpful and unhealthy because in our culture that's a thing we strive after perfectionism really in our culture you look at social media sports whatever it is like athletes take drugs to try and get the perfect look, to get the perfect, uh, to lift the perfect amount of weight, you yeah. know, or to heal really quickly. Like we'll yeah. take steroids so they can get back on the court and like yep. just after a couple of games, you know, like you'll have a yeah a twisted ankle and then the NBA player will be back on the court like a couple of weeks later. And then you in right. high school or you playing with your buddies, it takes a couple months for you to get better. Right. Why, why am I not like that? Why am I not getting better in yeah. a couple of weeks like these athletes are? Yeah. And yeah. so then you add the other two layers, the bio and psycho, psychosocial. Um, I guess the psychological aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But those other two layers, you're born with it. You're thrown into a family with it. And then your culture around you is just like that. Like, dude. Like a lot of our problems in mental health really can come from perfectionism. If you haven't, I mean, heard that by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, we're going to keep beating that horse, but it's very true that this one personality trait can be linked to a lot of outcomes. And that was kind of the point of, this, of me writing this paper that um, I've, I've seen a lot of perfectionism in people in my life and I've seen it within myself. And um, if you think about it, this like over-obsession with, what, like, with oneself ability to I don't know ability to interact with the world around them in the way that they want to interact with the world around them like they want to be the perfect weight or the perfect image they have the perfect grades the perfect house it's and it's reinforced by things like social media and yeah. maybe by modeled behaviors within our families and things like that or even just our own thoughts like you just talked about with the biopsychosocial model um it's hard to dumb things down to one root cause like I was saying earlier but if you want to choose one root cause that is the demon of many mental health disorders perfectionism is really high up there and I guess that's why I wrote this paper and why we wanted to do this episode is to highlight that that it really is um, it can be a problem for a lot of people and that could take us right into one of the worst mental disorders or one of the worst things that a person can deal with in their life is an eating disorder Mm-hmm. And that's something I learned a lot about in this past semester taking um, an abnormal psychology class. Um, we had a whole, we wrote a whole book about eating disorders. We had a really long discussion about it and I had a lot of lessons about it. And man, does it affect a person's life long-term? I think the, the long-term like recovery rate for someone with anorexia is only something like 
like 30% of people. I can't remember the number. The It's really low, hmm. and it takes at least seven years for a lot of people to completely overcome anorexia. Wow. I mean, think about that. Let's say you're diagnosed with depression today. It's going to take seven years for you to be able to overcome that. Man, that would be difficult. Or yeah. like a really bad like agoraphobia where you're stuck in your house for seven years. That'd be tough, but that's what people with um, bulimia, bulimia nervosa and anorexia nervosa, they deal with very commonly. It can be anywhere from 7 to 15 years for them to completely recover from an eating disorder. And in a book I, I read, it was called um, Brave Girl Eating. It's a really good book. I would recommend it to anyone who wants to learn more about eating disorders and how it impacts a person. The writer of that book talks a lot about how she thinks her daughter developed an eating disorder because of her perfectionism. Because she was mm. always wanting to get good grades. She wanted to have the perfect gymnastics routine. And she wanted to like, be the perfect daughter. Like make perfect meals. Things like that. Like always very attention detail oriented. Yeah. With her life. And then she um, picked up some body image issues. Some self image issues. Which turned into an eating disorder. And it's a, this book perfectly highlights her life. And how they overcame it. And she was one of the few people that get it figured out within a couple of years. Um, cool. Anyways, that's a whole discussion on that. But eating disorders, they're hard to deal with. And I've had, I know some people that have had to deal with it. And, um, man, is it rough. And perfectionism, it's actually strongly linked to the development of eating disorders. And there was, a, there was actually a study done in 2017 um, where we learned that the heightened, there is a heightened risk of developing and maintaining your eating disorder if you have a tendency towards what the researchers call clinical perfectionism. Um, and the, the, this clinical perfectionism is actually what a lot of cognitive behavioral therapists will use as the diagnosis for the, of a eating disorder. They'll, they'll first diagnose a perfectionistic tendency and then that'll be like, okay, that's, that's a precursor to them actually having an eating disorder. Hmm. So, and that's what this, this research said. I don't know how yeah. widespread that is, but yeah. that's what this meta-analysis um, was talking about that some cognitive behavioral therapists will first diagnose perfectionism. Like, yeah, you have this problem. This is what is like your personality trait that you have that's turned into to clinical perfectionism. It's or toxic. If you want to call it that, how about unhelpful perfectionism? We'll call yeah. it that in this podcast. <laughs> and then they'll, they'll first diagnose that and then say, okay, yeah, that is what's causing your eating disorder. Hmm. Because I mean, if you think about cognitive behavioral therapists, they're very focused on behaviors right? and, the thoughts that lead to those behaviors. And so it makes sense. But um, yeah, this analysis found that people who score really high on perfectionistic strivings and concerns are much more likely to develop eating disorders. So they'd give them surveys and tests, quizzes to take that would rank them from high to low on perfectionistic tendencies. And they found that people who had those perfectionistic tendencies more likely or more often or more commonly, I should say, more commonly had eating disorders or diagnosed eating disorders or will one day develop one or be diagnosed with one later on. Hmm. So I, and I, I never really thought about that either. We were talking yeah. about the episode before yeah, the episode I, started I that we, think about that. Heck, I never would have thought about this. Never crossed my mind before I wrote this paper, but right. it makes sense now that if someone has that proclivity towards perfection, then they're going to have body image issues because they want to look the right way. Yeah. They want to appear the right way outwardly. And that's kind of what the next section talks about in this paper, that um, perfectionistic self-presentation is linked to eating disorders. So wanting to look a certain way or have the like a certain weight on the scale or to be a certain pant size or shirt size 
Like it needs to be this way. This is the perfect size for me. This is the perfect weight for me. I know it's perfect for me. And so I'm going to develop, I'm going to start doing these things. I'm going to, I'm not going to eat as much. I'm going to, maybe I could throw up after I eat so I don't get the calories from it. So anorexia, bulimia, um, other eating disorders of that nature. And it all kind of stems from the initial perfectionistic personality tendency, which leads into other disordered thinking. Yeah. And again, man, you look at, again, just through the lens of a biopsychosocial model, particularly our culture, like if you, if this is something you struggle with, first thing you got to do, get rid of your social media. There was this, I mean, totally off topic, but we like to rant and do little (laughs) side notes here. But there was this guy that was really addicted to pornography for years. And when he deleted social media, a lot of his urges went away. Is that interesting? Like he didn't have Instagram anymore, got rid of Facebook, and then all of a sudden, he didn't struggle as much. Hmm. And that's going to be the case for a lot of a lot of mental health problems that we struggle with today, especially adolescents. If you're, you know, 13 and up, shout out to your 13 year old right now. If you are listening to this and you're 13, you are amazing. Good for you. You're ahead of the curve. <laughs> you're, you're built different. Yeah. But if you have kids that are that age and they struggle with some of these things, consider getting rid of social media, at least for a time to see what, what change you see. And I think you'll be surprised because they're just, we're all being flooded right now with perfectionism, toxic perfectionism, and what we should be and what we need to be to fit this societal mold mm-hmm. of what, a, what you should be. What is, what is Enoch, you know? Mm-hmm. And Instagram is deciding that for me. Like, I don't think that's very healthy. Yeah. And that's going to cause a lot of problems because a lot of those pictures, like a lot of people see, and there's actually a lot of movements for that for them now, as far as like Photoshop pictures and stuff, you know, Mm. like I've seen a lot of, uh, these pictures of women, they post real pictures and then the Photoshop picture like side by side. Mm -hmm. And the difference is crazy. And they're like, don't believe the pictures that you see on Mm -hmm. social media because they're fake. Like, look at these ones. And so you can just see how, Social media is just a breeding ground for perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Because you can edit, literally, edit the way the world perceives you and perceives you. And that almost in itself kind of feeds into your own perfectionism as well as creating perfectionism in other people because you can see what your life could be given the correct circumstances. If I can edit my life the way I want it to edit, I want to edit it. Like That's kind of weird to say that, but I think that's a lot of people think is that if I could just only edit things... Not eating disorders. That's in a way editing your weight, like pressing edit, pressing edit on your photo on Instagram, and unnaturally editing something. That's, yeah. In a way, that's kind of what an eating disorder is: is unnaturally controlling your weight. Um, and I guess a couple of rants on on top of that that I wanted to go off. Of. First of all, one of the studies that I cite in the in this paper, um, I think it was by Ferrera, uh, at all, twenty sixteen. <laughs> I don't know how they came to this conclusion. I think it was, it was another meta-analysis. I think it was over 40 studies that they um, analyzed. But they found that there was a very strong link between like social media and like media, which leads to higher levels of body dissatisfaction and overall just self-image problems yeah. that are then linked 
strongly with people who have perfectionistic tendencies. So if you have that perfectionistic yeah. tendency and you're on social media, you're more likely to develop body dissatisfaction and body body image issues. That was right. the first rant that they, they've actually found that in their research that that's a problem and that it's contributing to, to the development of eating disorders within people who have that predisposition to perfectionism or that are just already dealing with that tendency from some type of model behavior. And second of all, other rant, I'll, I'll be short with it, but I think it's just this weird movement that we're getting into. And this is just a theory that I have about like how widespread the internet has come and how that's becoming an issue is because people have access to information about their bodies and the problems a person can just have in their life in any realm or anything, whatever it is to finances, to the relationships, to yeah. health. There's so much access to information and how to solve problems like quote unquote, fix your issue to fix yeah. things. Quick fix, quick fixes, DIY, yeah. do it at home. Here's this cleanse. Here's this five minute video that you can watch. Here's this, here's this article written by these, some, this amount of sit-ups to get a six pack. Exactly. Here's how you target your belly fat. Here's Doesn't how, work, guys. Sorry. Here's, here's how you to gain $10,000 in side hustles in two months like it's right. random videos that are right. out there that I believe personally a theory that I have that it's creating this weird societal norm that there should never be problems that yeah. every problem can be fixed and should be fixed. And that has never really been the case in history that we had access to this information. I don't know if I'm going to articulate this correctly, but what I guess what I'm trying to get at is that I think we've got into the, the distortion that every problem can and should be fixed based off of the access to information that we have. And I think that creates perfectionism because it feeds into this idea that perfectionism is achievable, that there is this perfect life that can be lived because there's all these solutions to all these different problems and I have access to them in this little rectangle in my pocket. Right. And so therefore I shouldn't have problems and therefore I can strive to not have problems by living the correct life. Hmm. And what we've talked about countlessly, countless time on this podcast and therapists all over the world have talked about that shortcomings, mistakes, faults, problems, not only is that a part of life, but it's actually necessary in life for growth and for, right. and for like the true human experience. And so to get rid of that by seeking after this perfect worldview or this perfect life that you can live you think you can live you deny yourself true humanity and true like the true human experience mm, quote so, dr ivy <laughs> put that in a book i should have put that in my paper that would give me a good grade end of rant though that's kind of a i, I oh, stay I, love up, it. I stay up yeah. late a lot thinking about random stuff and that's one that's been keeping me up recently that we just think that we can we can achieve solutions to every problem we've ever had because TikTok right. influencers and Instagram influencers influencers <laughs> put it in our heads that there is a solution to any problem that you have ever come across in your entire life and that there's no such thing as just living with a problem. Right. When in fact, I think for a lot of, not a lot, but for a fair amount of problems, the solution is just accepting it and learning how to adapt to it. Yeah. So take yeah. that with a grain of salt, but that's just a thought that I have on that subject. It's not a big deal. Came from a future Dr. Ivy. Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Never getting a doctor. That's way too much time. <laughs> no, um, but I mean, like my first go-to and I run into an issue is I Google it. Mm. Like, straight up. I Google and YouTube things all the time. Like, And that's, that's not a problem. This is just to prove the point where we have a problem these days. We 
Google it. We YouTube it. Yeah. Most of my stuff is like car issues and stuff. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Jack Pretty squat when it comes to oh, like me too. cars, you know. Yeah. So I go to YouTube University. <laughs> I almost have my graduate degree at YouTube <laughs> University. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing we do nowadays. We just Google it. And there's a yeah. quick fix for everything. Or at least so to speak, right? A video. A perceived, a, yeah. Quick a quick fix. fix. Yeah. If you're feeling depressed, quick fix. I got you. Watch this 10-minute video. Never be depressed again in your life. You I see that those, thumbnail? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen those. Like I've seen TikToks, <laughs> man. I've seen Instagram videos. It's yeah. Just, it's just, it's a bunch of baloney. It pushes but that, this narrative that every right. problem has a solution. Right. And, and, and that's dangerous. It's so dangerous. Like I, I mean, I meaning it couldn't really record recently. We were going to record an episode last week for... Uh, a second episode for last week and we didn't we were going to do it on friday but i had to cancel because i have i went to the doctor today got an ultrasound i have gallstones so that's fun and it kind of hurts um yeah. but i'm i have emotional resilience i'm recording just kidding no it doesn't <laughs> hurt that bad right now it's gotten better but it's a nice <laughs> six millimeter gallstone chilling by my liver um and it's just got to wait for it to get rid of itself but anyways um i don't know where i was oh i was i've been googling how to get rid of gallstones yeah how to how do I get rid of this? And I know there's medications for it. I'm not a doctor. I really don't know. But from what I found is there's not much you can actually do about it. You actually just have to let it go. And to see that, to just to see that as a person who is, when it comes to medical stuff, like actual physical metal, like you go to a doctor for, I've always thought there's a solution for everything. There's a pill yeah. for everything when it comes to like right. body issues. Like, like my liver's not working. Here's a pill for your liver. If you're, if you have diabetes, here's insulin. There's, right. My perception has always been, there's a problem. There's a solution when it comes to medicine. Yeah. Um, but I've I've been finding that you really just have to let it go. You have to Elsa it. You, <laughs> you have just to like Elsa with, it, with man. gallstones. You just like there's some claims that you can do juice cleanses and eat dandelion or something. I can't remember. There's something about no dandelion way. or like what? peppermint tea and all these different dandelion things. Like potion. The, the claim is that it softens the the gallstone or it cleanses out your liver and all these different things but um from my understanding like the actual proof when it comes to gallstones you just gotta let it go you just gotta let it happen this is a, a fault in your body and it has to be resolved just on its own given time and that was so hard for me to see and i, I guess i'm just playing into what you were saying is yeah that it's the proclivity that most people have now in 2022 to just find a solution for every right. problem and just for Google me it. not have like a a real feasible solution at hand that was kind of weird. Did it cause you anxiety? A little bit. Like I yeah. just have to let the pain happen. I just have to get sick one day while it passes and just maybe take a day off of work and just be really sick and in pain. Like I should, there should be a pill for this. There should yeah. be a procedure for this. And there is, you can get your gallbladder removed, but like, that's, yeah, yeah that's one, that's one solution. <laughs> but like for the, for the vast majority of people that can't pay for a surgery, you just gotta let it happen. Yeah. Um, I guess like to wrap that with a bow is that I had to come to terms with my own perfectionism with the medical field that there isn't a solution to every problem and there isn't a fix for every mistake. There isn't a fix for every um, health issue. And yeah. it's the same with mental health issues. It's the same yeah. for goals that you have. There isn't a, there isn't a problem for every, there isn't, <laughs> there isn't a solution for every problem. There's a problem for every solution. There is a problem for every solution. <laughs> um, and there also isn't a, a correct way to do anything yeah you know, that it's all about really? subjectivity yeah. you know yeah. and our world is super subjective yeah um so you just gotta elsa it. that's gonna be our yeah. episode theme you just elsa it. yep yep <laughs> if we could play some frozen background music right now without getting demonetized we'd do it yeah but i mean 
Yeah, and I think that's why Austin and I love acceptance and commitment therapy so much is it's like the it's the complete opposite of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. It's literally imperfectionism. Mm -hmm. Like it's accepting that you are imperfect, you make mistakes, you're human, but that's okay. It's finding beauty in the fact you're not going to be perfect. Never will. There's a whole section in the paper that talks about it. We probably won't go into it because this has already been really long, but um, acceptance and commitment therapy study done last year in 2021 has actually been proven to be one of the best treatments for perfectionism, clinical perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Um, There was this whole thing done with brain scans that showed lowered activity with parts of the brain that have to do with self-criticism. So people that were perfectionistic, they had really high levels of activity in this part of the brain that has to do with self-criticism and self-concept, things like that. After acceptance and commitment therapy, those parts of the brain became less active based off of brain scans that they did. So it's very effective, and it was shown to work in a lot of different people that they did it on. I can't remember the name of the study or who did it, but it's in the paper, so if you want to find it out, go read the paper. It's in the show description. <laughs> yeah, for references, we're not going to reference all the references Austin referenced in his paper. We're just going to Reference his paper because everything's in, the, in there. Yeah, there, there. There's a reference list at the bottom of the page. So just go find that if you really <laughs> there you go. desperately want to know and read these for yourself. Or just let us know. We'll send them to you. Yeah, I, I'll but. link them to you. I'll send it on Instagram or something. I have them saved on my laptop. All the links to the to the PubMed articles and to the different scientific journals. But yeah, it's really effective for treating perfectionism. And uh, it's been proven scientifically, not only just from like control studies, but from like brain scans, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, if this is something that you're really struggling with, you can find an acceptance and commitment therapy therapist near you through BetterHelp.com. This Mm -hmm. is not an ad. (laughs) One day, maybe it will be, but they really are great. But, yeah, really. And um, like we've said before, I mean, you deserve help. Like that quote, Jordan Peterson. Oh, I'll pull it up right now. We'll end on this quote. Yeah. It's great. And I mean, it really just emphasizes something that we've said all the time on the podcast. Yeah. And so maybe you'll actually believe it if it's coming from Jordan Peterson. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's from his first book, 12 Rules for Life. I think the chapter is um, take care of yourself, take care of yourself the same way you would if you had, if you were to treat someone else. I can't remember. I'm butchering it now. I'm just going to read it. Um, Jordan Peterson, his first book um, on page 62, he says, you deserve some respect. You are important to other people as much as you are to yourself. You have some vital role to play in the unfolding in the unfolding destiny of the world. You are therefore morally obliged to take care of yourself. You should take care of and help take care of help and be good to yourself the same way you would take care of help and be good to someone who you loved and valued. And I can, that just articulates really well things we've talked about in the past in our own lower educated ways that you do have a, a certain level of potential inside of you that if you were not to unfold and to tap into that potential inside of you, the world will be a lesser place because of that. Yeah. And if you don't take the time to, first of all, become aware of the issues that you have, I wouldn't call them issues. Where of the the setbacks that you have, where of some of the weight that the you realities have, that you some have. of the some of the baggage yeah. that you have from childhood that you are dealing with, if you don't become aware of it and then do something about it, you will, of course, have a harder time in life. But the world around you and your family will 
will be impacted by that because you have the potential to be such an amazing impact on the people around you and on the world at large, really. And that starts by you taking care of yourself and being respectful to yourself enough to seek the help that, that everyone, honestly, that everyone so desperately needs in some type of way. Yeah. So in short, what do we say? You're worth it. You really are. Quote that. Enoch Fossum. That's right. <laughs> I could write a 12-page paper on that. Oh, I bet you could. On, you're worth it. I just type it over and over again. You're worth it. You're worth it's it. like Harry <laughs> Potter. I must not tell lies. It shows up on your You hand. are worth it. You are worth it. <laughs> That'd be my punishment if I was, um, what's her name? Mm. Ugh, Pink lady. I really don't like her. Yeah. She's anyway. Umbridge? Umbridge. Professor yeah. Umbridge. If I was her, that's what I'd write. You are worthy. You are worthy. <laughs> Shows up in blood on your hand. That's that's so the dichotomy there. Like, you are worth it. It's just bleeding from your wrist or what, hey, on the top of your hand, whatever hey, it is in that movie. Yeah, yeah you'd never forget. It'd yeah, be a dramatic wouldn't. moment when Harry would look as he's like casting a spell. He's having you know confidence issues. He'd look at his hand. You are worth it. Then he'd come to expecto that. patronum. And, <laughs> We need to rewrite. And, Someone get a hold of J.K. Rowling. We need to rewrite the Harry Potter series. Anyway, thank you all for listening. If you got it this far, you're the OGs. You're the best. Seriously, thanks for all the support. Yeah, and really do. we hope we learned something new. And remember, you're worth it. You deserve some respect. Have thank, a great week. Thanks for listening, everyone. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy?